0: You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. That was gold. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. Ah oh, man. And this week we are having a special episode because we had a well, we lost a recording. It wasn't fun. We learned some lessons, mostly me. And uh we are going to combine Amniville Dollhouse with the Am- is it the Amniville Horror: The Awakening or Amniville the Awakening? Just Amniville the
1: Awakening. Yep, Amniville the Awakening.
0: Okay. I mean, you can see, people, I did massive amount of research on The Awakening. I didn't even know the title. Um, (laughs) So we'll start with Amityville Dollhouse. Welcome back to Amityville. Out of the darkness of our past, out of the visions of our childhood, comes the one fear we thought we left behind. The one nightmare we hoped had gone away. But the evil we once invited in has found its way back home. The Amityville Horror has a new address. It's payback time.
1: This is the 8th incarnation of the the Amityville. We're going to look at 8 and 10 here. Um, And 8 is part of our Cursed Object portion. Again, this is our final uh, Cursed Object movie of the series, with it being, of course, a dollhouse. And it leads to a very good cover for this VHS. So I'm just going to talk about the cover real quick here uh i love these 90s covers i really like the new generations cover i also really like this one's cover those are probably my two favorite covers in the series we've got the house and it is a dollhouse we've got a little girl a la poltergeist sitting in front of it we just see the back of her head the house is shooting out blinding lights it almost makes the house look a little green tinted that kind of like for night 90s look and it's the tagline of evil never dies kind of a lame tagline but a really good effective draws you in cover
0: i remember this from my video store never rented it because i wasn't into amityville back then you know it looked okay but you know when you get like a little girl on the cover i don't know it just didn't feel like something that you know a couple boys are going to rent from a video store. We definitely overlooked it for other stuff. I did the same thing as a kid.
1: My video store only had this one and a uh, new generation of like the ones we've been talking about. And um, new generation I rented a few times, but this one I never rented for exactly the same reason. You have a girl on the cover. It's called Dollhouse. As a kid that liked horror movies, I thought this one was going to be like for girls. So I never rented it. Um, and as I grew up, You know, I picked this one up on VHS later because I always remembered liking the cover, though. And uh, boy, am I glad I did.
0: (laughs) You know, looking at this film, it is fun. I was so shocked by it. And I I know we're about to describe the back and and get into it really quickly. I will tell all the listeners, if you skip this one, like all of us, of course we did. Uh, No one really cared about the eighth Amityville movie. This is a good
1: time. Yes, this is the one I would screen if I were going to screen any of these movies. This one is very fun. It is easily my favorite sequel of the bunch. I think this one just is a good time. It's, it's fun to watch. Is it smart? No. Is it like a great movie? No. Is it scary? Absolutely not. Is it fun? It's going to fly by. <laughs> You're going to have a blast with it. So let's describe the back here, Matt. Here's our description for Dollhouse. The biggest name in horror comes home. Got a couple of stills of people looking distressed, uh, scared. And uh, the, of course, the house again with the eye lights turned on. Very short description. Very, very short for this one. A young girl and her parents become the latest victims of the Amityville curse when they are terrorized by the evil spirits living within their her dollhouse in this chilling supernatural thriller.
0: And that's it. Yeah, quick. They want us to get into the film as much as we want to get into the film. The house is the selling point.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what
0: you're here for. <laughs> you're
1: here for the Amity house yeah. and you're here for some hauntings. Yeah, they're not going to fuck around with telling you
0: too much about it. Nope. So let's pop this tape in.
1: Now available on video and DVD.
0: Okay. Okay. So we get some pretty good trailers in this, but we're not going to sit here and dwell on it because we're doing a two film, you know, review here. So let's go through them fast. Republic Pictures website promo. Please look this up. Spectacular old crappy CG. Yes. (laughs) It's like 60 seconds worth your time. Very nostalgic. Very joyful. Uh, (laughs) We had Bound with Jennifer Tilly, Gina Gershon and Joey Pants. Yes. Great movie. Underrated. Check it out. Definitely want to watch it. Uh, Third one here is Killer, A Journal of Murder. Yeah, James Woods playing Carl Pazram, the serial
1: killer. Very hard movie to find. Oscar bait. (laughs) Yeah, Oscar bait at the time.
0: Can't find it anywhere now. Didn't work. Oh, well, crazy, crazy James Woods. Uh, and then we had the last one was Freeway with Reese Witherspoon, which I found probably the most interesting out of all this because I thought I had seen everything Reese Witherspoon was in. And I'm telling you right now, Legally Blonde, mwah, just <laughs> love that film. But anyway, Freeway. I, I did too. I did too. Yep. <laughs> Legally Blonde is one of my like all time favorite, even though I'm going to say it's a 90s film, and I know it's not a 90s film, people. I just, it, it makes me feel. Like when I watch those old nineties films. It's a, it's a Y2K movie, which is different from a two thousands
1: movie. <laughs> it's like a very specific that late nineties, early two thousands vibe. Um yeah, I I, I love that, that time period and I, I think it's a really cute movie, so it's really fun. Uh but then on the, the side of Freeway also an awesome, weird, uh indie cult movie with a bunch of stars in it. Uh for Sutherland It's just wacky in this movie. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is like the star, and it's like right as she was
0: blowing up. Uh, this one's a cool, weird, forgotten one. Oh yeah, I think all of these are weird, forgotten films that I would love to watch, and I will. I this is I now carry a list like I did when I was a kid. I don't know why I stopped doing this as an adult, but I now have a list of. Uh, I keep an Excel spreadsheet of films I want to watch if I'm bored. And it's working. I'm watching them, not these. <laughs> of course, I bring this up as an example. I haven't seen any of these yet, but you, you get my point. Yeah, you got a list now. Um, and I did the same thing.
1: I just had to stop. I was getting too crazy about the list. I had a bajillion lists. They were everywhere and it was making me nuts. So I had to stop. But now I'm starting to do it again, too. We're in the same boat. Uh,
0: it's nice to just be like, what am I going to put on?
1: Look at the list.
0: Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is, because sometimes I get so overwhelmed with how many selections and choices we have, I go to my list. I feel happy. I feel safe. I just choose one. Don't make your choice give you anxiety. Have a list. Yes. Yes. And if your list gets too big, purge it. No anxiety, folks. That was my problem
1: before. i let my list get too crazy. I had a bunch of offshoot lists and it made me nuts and I wasn't enjoying watching stuff.
0: So I had to reboot it, and that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. It's a little view into the Stephen Matt, how to stay sane with all these selections. Well, yeah, while consuming as much media as you possibly can. <laughs> and since I'm about to have a baby, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to be like a zombie watching these while feeding a baby, so it's going to be great. My child is going to be raised on weirdness. Spectacular. Yeah, well, at least we
1: got the Amityville's out of the way before the baby. <laughs> well, I don't.
0: I don't want to melt the guy's little brain before he forms. I don't want to melt the little guy's brain before he forms a brain. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get on to this film. And now our feature presentation. We pop this sucker in. We get this feature presentation, and let me tell you, the beginning. It's boring. It's one of these Amityville setups. You know, we got a dad and a mom uh, coming together, blending the family. We get hot 90s boy, nerdy 90s boy. We get, you know, dad that works with his hands, and then really attractive mom. We're sticking him in this house. We have a birthday party. We find a dollhouse. I'm going to let Matt describe the birthday party and the lovely character that we get introduced to at the birthday party the movie
1: takes like a shift because i agree like the first 20 minutes of this movie is a little slow and it's and we're coming off of two movies where the first half of the movie is is kind of slow before we get to the mayhem and now we get into this one and it's about 20 minutes of kind of more of the same family dynamics and stuff like that and we get to this birthday party and one of the people that is invited is the sister of the husband character and she brings along her boyfriend who is this harley davidson bike big beefcake you know beard long hair dude who is also into new agey magic (laughs) (laughs) so and and he's really good at it too he's like the master she goes to him for advice he is the guy that knows about these new agey techniques and stuff like that but he is this rough biker dude. And I just think that's so fucking funny. And he plays kind of both of these, you know, both of this
0: character perfectly. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I just, I, I really want to know what they were thinking when they were writing this, whoever wrote this out there. They're like, you know what? I love this new agey magic, but let's, instead of having it be like a new agey hippie person, let's put it in a biker. And I, When he walks on screen, my brain knew. My eyes saw it, connected right to my brain. Watch this man, something's up. Just right when he walks on screen. The first introduction of him is just like, you got Wasp. It's just so weird, perfect. Love this kind of shit in
1: movies. Yeah, he's such a unique character. And then the movie you know then we start to get into these new agey things and stuff like that and then is where this movie kind of violently shifts and we get
0: into the supernatural and this is where the movie gets really fun. Oh, we have to talk about two just funny ass scenes. Like we said this this movie's very entertaining because it's stupid. Uh in a, in a good stupid way In a genuine way. Yeah. O- almost like they knew they're like come on, this is the eighth one. Fuck it. Let's just put all these scenes that we've collected together through time. This one is this girl from the 70s show, the older sister, comes. She does a nude scene. We've seen this. We're like, okay, yeah, you gotta have something for the for the teenage boys to come in. Something naughty. But then something to sell overseas. Yeah.
1: That's what I really Also that, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and to the super religious folks too. Um, which some of them are overseas. We get a scene that we have characters gripped in fear. Now what are they gripped in fear
1: from? So they're they're Hooking up, it's the son character is hooking up with his girlfriend who is that girl from that 70s show uh, that plays the sister, the blonde one. She, and they're hooking up in this little shack where they found the dollhouse or whatever. And they're hooking up and there's a, they see a dead wasp in like a, you know, saved, preserved or whatever. And they start hooking up. She gets naked. And then the wasp comes back to life and gets out. And then they treat this scene like it is the most Horrifying thing in the world that one single wasp is in this shed that they can leave at any time, terrorizing them. They don't leave though, and they're acting like it's swarmed with wasps. But it's just one, and it's not an oversized wasp or anything like that. It's just a wasp in just this little uh shed. And like they are treat you like with the music and with the way they're like so gripped in fear, you would think that like. A
0: monster was in there with them, but it's a fly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's a wasp, not a fly, but I, I get what you mean. It's like as yeah. small as a fly and you're terrified. Out is the entire swarms of flies that they've had in the past. A single wasp is just making all this comedy horror gold. <sighs> Folks, watch lose. this. They, they can, can just walk out. <laughs> out. Just shut the door from the shack that you're in. That's it. That's but, it. Yeah. Oh, lovely. And then, yeah, you know, like the kid is a kid. Yeah. It gets caught in the kid's ear and it causes a panic. But then we got to keep going because another scene that is just like Gif Gold is the mom. The mom who is just like constantly sweating. She is. I think you described at one point when we were off air, she is in heat the entire movie. Yeah, so the mom, she has brought the son, the
1: the middle son into the family. So the father has an older son who's like, I think supposed to be 16 because the girlfriend just gets the driver's license or whatever. Yeah. So the the son, real actor is like
0: 21, but yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course, of course. Uh, he's like 16, playing 16 in the movie. And the stepmom, his stepmom is lusting after him uh because of the house the house is making her just so horny for him and there's a scene where she's hooking up with the husband and there's a picture of the son while they're hooking up and she keeps looking over at the picture and this scene is so fucking hilarious because every time she looks over at the picture he keeps coming closer (laughs) in the picture just smiling at her there's even one point where they cut to where the entire frame is his face. And I'm not talking about the picture frame. In the movie, the entire frame becomes his face. Um, and and then when it's over and she realizes she's freaking out, it cuts to a different picture of him still like a little bit closer than he was before in the last one. Yeah. Uh, and you go through like eight different pictures. Every time she looks over, he's just a little bit closer.
0: Yeah. And, and in all of this, she is mid- banging i mean yeah they are having they're getting down they're getting dirty they're having some fun and she is just looking at a 16 year old boy oh my god and it should be creepy but it's not creepy it's at not all. it's absolutely it's, it's like hilarious, hilarious because of the way these
1: pictures are being punched in
0: yeah it's so yeah. funny and there's one thing like when i first saw this woman in You know, throughout the film, I was like, wow, she is so good looking. She's just one of these people that probably looked fantastic from age 20 to age like 50. You know what I mean? You're just like, what are you doing? What? Oh, exercise. Okay, I'm out. But um, (laughs) so you sit there and look at her and I was like, wow, she is she is so hard to take my eyes off of. But when they introduce her lusting over the teenage boy, I no longer see her as pretty she becomes a walking comedy character. I can't stop laughing at all the crap she's doing. There's a scene
1: too, where she's still like kind of aware of the lusting. And she comes back to the house. She's out and the, the son's out playing basketball. He's got a shirt off. He's all sweaty. And she just gets, she just starts leaking. Like she is just like covered <laughs> head to toe in sweat. And she like, can I contain herself watching this boy play basketball to the point at which she like, Goes upstairs in this house, looks out the window at her. She, like, strips down to her underwear and almost just starts masturbating. But she, like, doesn't, though. She's just, like, in heat. It's like she just wants to, like, fucking, like, rub up against something or something, you know? Like.
0: Yeah. She reminded me of my, uh, our young dog. When he gets so excited, he doesn't know what to do. And he just like sits there and shivers in excitement. And she was just sitting there like, I want to masturbate, but she was like, not moving. No, she's
1: just, yeah, like exactly like a shivering sweat. Like she yeah. was just like, in, and like in her underwear, just like freaking out about this son. And I was cracking up the entire time.
0: And then the guy, the, the dad comes in and you think they're going to get down to business, but they don't because she's in too much heat. Like she's yes. too horny. <laughs> what
1: <laughs> he's so distracted by this son
0: <laughs> oh my gosh hey, this film's hilarious and then we get into the point in this film and we have this super nerdy kid who is a real shithead to his new stepdad his new stepdad does everything right in my opinion he's bought this or built this house did he build house? no he bought the house uh no i think he built the house
1: he built the house around that fireplace. The fireplace was already oh, there. You find right. out later the fireplace is like a pit to hell. Um, but he he builds the house around it.
0: But the shack was there. Right, and the shack is the thing that has the dollhouse that he finds. That's what was confusing me. The shack was there the whole time, so was the fireplace, and he built a house around the fireplace. This dad has gone out of his way to embrace this kid, and this kid's like, you're a piece of shit. I'm yeah. fucking, <laughs> I, I fucking hate you, 80s dad. and i'm like why are you such a shit and then the the like hot 90s guy with abs who the mom is lusting after his mom treats him like shit and i'm just so confused that why they decided these were good characteristics to add to them now the nerd i get later on the nerd's father which has died in this story comes back as a zombie dad And this is just another part of this film that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, we get this character who becomes like a a focal character throughout the kind of
1: second half of this movie. He keeps coming back. very like uh, in in the line of uh, American Werewolf in London, every time we see this dead dad, which is the character's name, by the way, dead dad. (laughs) Every time we see dead dad, he's more rotting. And some more is wrong with him as we uh, visit him. Uh, But this character is introduced and he's a vet and he's died in combat so he shows up in the fatigues and stuff like that very like house like the william Cat movie house with the richard mole character and this movie reminds me of a house movie in general just kind of with how silly it is and we get this character and every time he is on screen sort of taunting the son and trying to make him you know hate the family and hate the hate the stepdad even more every time he's on screen he is chewing scenery in the most delicious of ways. I cannot take my eyes off the screen when this, when dead dad is on.
0: Yeah. And this actor pretty much went on to do nothing. It's so weird that this guy is so good in this and then just is gone. Yeah. And it's just one of those character actor things or whatever, where he he came in,
1: he brought a hundred percent. I had never seen him in anything either. Like I never saw him before. never saw him after he just came in and he just gave this like 1000% performance and why more people didn't see this and go, Hey, I want to work with that guy. I have no idea because uh, he's good. He's so good in it. And he's so like funny too. There's like a scene where he does eventually cross with the stepdad and the way he's like threatening him, but then he also kind of like puts his arm around him and they're like chummy pals. It's like magnetic. He's, he's delicious to watch. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> So then we go farther on into this story, and we get the dad, I think the 90s kid, and Tobias. They enter the fireplace, and then we go into a world that is beyond the house, but still in the house. And we should mention that the little girl who got the dollhouse, which is now creating all this, the dollhouse came from... Uh, a bike got smashed her right before her birthday party. So they ended up giving her this dollhouse, which is modeled off the original Amneyville house from whatever Ocean Drive. So they get put in this, I don't know, like magical world beyond the fireplace. And this just goes off the rails in a fun way. We get characters that are clearly from different movies, monsters, I should say, from clearly different movies that come in and basically Tobias has to use his magical new age powers to fight it off.
1: I watched the bonus features on the Blu-ray for this as well as watching the VHS and uh, the Blu-ray says the guy that they interviewed that did the effects of this movie Absolutely confirms that they are just monsters from other movies that there were background characters or whatever. Uh, So they get three and they all are three or four of them and they all look super unique. One of them kind of looks like a earnest scared stupid troll. Uh, And then one's got like wings. One looks like a devil. They're cool. They're awesome looking creatures. Really like the, the effects on them are really good. They don't look like they belong in this movie necessarily, but the movie, this movie's rules are so fuck it that of course they belong in this movie. Uh, they go into this other world, like very much like a Insidious, where they go into like the the further plane or whatever to save the daughter in this, and they encounter these monsters. And yes, Tobias, our new agey biker, decides <laughs> to f- uh, fend them off by using his laser lights. Then he places around him in a. um...
0: (laughs) Like just hearing you describe this. (laughs) Just hearing you describe this is spectacular. He's in his laser lights protective
1: shell, which only goes so far because the the devil character does get him in the end. But uh, it's just so wild. And then, yeah, of course, they get out of this other realm. Tobias doesn't make it. Unfortunately, we lose him. Great character. And we get the, the dad and the daughter back in the real world. And then the, the little goblin things are coming through the fireplace before they eventually blow up the house. But yeah, I mean, these, these creatures are really cool to look at. And they're, you know, those 90s real pra- latexy practical monster effects that we all love. And we get, you know, four of them
0: featured in the last 10 minutes of the movie. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's all cool by me. These characters don't have a lot of ability to move properly because they were probably, you know, they were background characters. So they can only articulate so much. I think that's what gives it an extra layer of charm where they're just like moving. They look cool. But you honestly know behind the scenes, like, please don't move too much. You'll break everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah exactly they're just sort of creeping towards them uh, you know
1: eerily they're not like uh you know talking and moving their faces very much or anything like that the de- the one with the wings just doesn't ever like do
0: anything with the yeah, wings but no. they look cool so who cares <laughs> no this isn't like a fully fleshed out costume like pumpkin head this is like shit in the background that they would put in random films and It's just the extra layer of charm where they're trying so hard, generally trying to make a good horror film. But it's also comical to watch and uh, it's so enjoyable. But yeah, we end this and then they're driving off. The house just explodes. And I realized during this film, this dad put all of the family's money into building this house for everyone. And within 90, less than 90 minutes, boom, it's gone yeah that's it that's it <laughs>
1: hope you guys enjoyed the house yeah yeah because we have to start over now with the family after all that trauma and how how is that uh wife ever going to get
0: over lusting after that son that's my question <laughs> no we're gonna have some kids and i don't know if it's from the dad that's just what i'm saying <laughs> that's just what i'm saying um i mean it's gonna come out like a a ripped 90s kid girl or boy yeah yeah, whichever, whichever. Yeah. Okay, let's get into our second film here. We'll wait until the end to put something from the museum in both of these. So our second film here is Amniville: The Awakening. Guys, spell. She just transferred here. Didn't you just move into one twelve Ocean Avenue? <laughs>
1: Ew, are you some kind of soccer? What?
0: No. You recognize that house?
1: How do you know where I live? Everyone knows where you live. In 1974, the house drives Ryan to fail to kill his whole family. And were found last night, shot and killed.
0: Why don't you tell me about the house? It's just a ghost story, sweetie.
1: This house is gonna be good for us yes.
0: and your brother. I miss you. Happened in 40 years.
1: That's a very significant number in the Bible. The land had peace 40 years, so maybe the evil only latches on every 40 years. I got a really bad feeling about this.
0: It's happening again. I think this evil latched onto my family. Is someone else in there with you?
1: find the source of the evil and destroy it.
0: The red room
1: It's doing something. This house is really bad. It won't let
0: us leave. I feel like it's alive. if you're walking down the video store, what does the front of The Awakening look like? Well, the front of it that I saw on Google Play, because <laughs> this is uh,
1: past the video era, this is 2017, this movie came out, but the cover they use is, it's a white cover, we see the house, and it's kind of just the floating head thing, like we saw in the Ryan Reynolds one uh, from 2005, it's
0: Bella Thorne's floating head
1: over the Amityville house with all uh, kind of a white background and it just says amy yeah, will awakening
0: so this actress i only know well i guess she's a model she's an actress i guess she's a musician or a singer i don't know mm-hmm. yeah she's everything uh i just remember her from babysitter yeah i'm a big i'm i'm a big
1: bella Thorne fan and i feel like that's gonna be like surprising for people to hear who know me or whatever but i, I really am because she does these weird projects like the babysitter. And I've seen her in a ton of horror movies and a ton of weird horror movies too. And she's one of those that either came from like Disney or Nickelodeon. I don't remember which one. Cause I'm too old. Uh, but she it's came Disney. from one of those. It's Disney. She came from Disney. Okay. Yeah. She came from Disney. And that's of course why she's the, you know, actress, model, dancer, singer, like a lot of those kids that come up through Disney but she just uh, she just opted to go on a path of just doing her own thing. She has directed award-winning porn before. That she does that she's not in. She's directing it. Wait, what? Yes, award-winning too, like acclaimed, you know, female perspective porn, um, as well as acting in all these crazy horror movies. I'm I I'm utterly fascinated by Bella Thorne. Well, now I am. What the fuck. <laughs>
0: I just looked at her and I was like, oh, a good looking redhead. How am I going to pay attention during this film? (laughs) But then I realized the film's boring as shit. That's my personal opinion. I'm just saying, like when I see a redhead like this, I was like, oh, no, I'm never going to be able to pay attention. But then (laughs) immediately I was kicked into like, yeah, I don't want to watch this. (laughs) She is very cute. I is just one of these people uh, that. You're kind of like, what the fuck? What are you eating? Oh, not pizza every day? Oh, okay. Shit, I'm fucked. She's just
1: got, she's just got it. You know what I mean? Like, she's just got that star factor, and that's oh, why I know, she has I know. Gone, gone out. She's just got it. You know that that undescribable. You can't put your finger on it, but some people that are just stars, they
0: just have it, and I really think she had it. Yeah, because there are a lot of pretty people in Hollywood but they're Absolutely. hard to watch sometimes. She's right. she's easy to look at and she's easy to watch if you understand what I'm talking about. She just has it. Yep, she does.
1: And she's honestly a pretty good actress too. She's not like, you know, some airhead, good yep. looking, yep. you know, model. She can act. She's talented and she's got the star factor. So, I mean, easy, easy lead for this one. And one of her first leads too. So good for her.
0: Yeah, so you said the front, you know, you got the, the floating head and kind of like the inkblot white. It's all white, which is very interesting for the Amityville franchise. Definitely never seen a cover like this. But at the same time, it's not like we're going to a video store. So the cover has to really stick out when you're flipping through the choices. And this one doesn't. I think the white actually hurts it.
1: Usually reserved for comedies. And now we're using it for a horror movie here, which I think is an interesting choice. And I do think once you have seen the movie and then you look at the cover, you're like, okay, I get it. But like before going into it. Yeah. Are you really going to want to click on this thing?
0: Yeah. And it says from the producer of Split, Get Out and the Purge. I don't know if you said that. Yeah. No, I didn't. It's This is a Jason Blum movie. This is a Blumhouse production. Yeah. So we get every house has a history. This one has a legend. It's really boring. Um. But we'll explain what they're trying to do in this when we get to the film. So our description here is in Amityville, The Awakening, Belle, which is Bella Thorne, huh, Wow, you really stretched on that one. Uh, and her family move into a new house. But when strange when a strange phenomenon begin to occur in the house, Belle begins to suspect her mother isn't telling her everything. She soon realizes they just move into the infamous Amityville house. Quick description. Let's get on. It's it's Amityville. We know what we're getting into. Now this film, getting to the feature presentation.
1: And now our feature presentation.
0: We actually get a return to the house because so far the house has made an appearance in one, two, three, Skip a lot, remake two thousand five, and this, The Awakening. The house is only in five films of the 10 we've done yeah well i guess number four shows that the house is there and they're taking all the merchandise out you know all the shit it's not really part of the film yeah it's it's totally like we get the five house movies
1: which actually feature them we get the four cursed object ones and then we get the one that's like another house (laughs) it's so weird (laughs) <laughs> That's the worst one in the series though. Uh, but uh yeah, so now we're we're actually in a new story back to the house first time since part three. Mm-hmm. Because the 05 one is just a remake of the first one. So first time since three, we have a new story in the house.
0: Yeah, and we get introduced to like the old story of like the DeFeos, you know, child killed his family. We get a little bit of that. But they do it very shortly. So they almost assume like, you know, the Amneyville story, but let's do like a three minute recap, Uh which I was worried they're going to go really far into. Nope. Nope. We get introduced to a family and we see there's no um, father, which I was like, oh, okay. You know, I got a little excited seeing it was Dimension and Blumhouse. Maybe this just slid through the crap cracks. And uh, no one saw this. Maybe this is actually pretty good because it's Blumhouse. And we'll see. I see Jennifer Jason Lee in it. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going on. We get a family introduction. There's no dad. I see what they're doing. This is going to be a female led film. But at the end, basically, it's about the kid coming back to life. The boy. Uh, They're fine with that. I'm fine with all that. What I'm not fine with is this movie feels like it wants to be Scream from 1996. Here's why.
1: Because the movie is taking into account the other movies. They exist as movies. They watch the original movie in this movie. So it's meta now. We have now have a meta, Scream-esque vibe for an Amityville movie. They, they even have a scene where Thomas Mann, who is our fill-in Jamie Kennedy... Is holding up the movies and explaining, you know, this is the first movie, this is the second movie, it's technically a prequel, you know, <laughs> like, and they're deciding on what to watch. Um, so the Amityville movies are a part of this movie's universe, which is unique to the series.
0: And yeah, it does make it feel very Scream esque. It makes it feel like it wants to be Scream. I, I don't think it's Scream esque. Yeah. It literally it was like, hey, let's just make an Amityville Scream movie. But here's the problem halfway through the film, these high school characters that they spent a lot of time setting up same thing with the doctor who is played by red from the 70s show so both films here have 70s show ties which is funny they set all these characters up all of them are gone within 50 minutes of the film and then the last 30 minutes because this is a you know pretty fast film i will give it that they're gone They they literally have no screen time after minute 56 what the fuck
1: I think this is a result. This movie was uh, in reshoot hell. This movie was originally being made in 2014 or 15 was supposed to come out in 2015. They hold, they held it to do reshoots to make it quote unquote scarier. And then it got basically held hostage again from being released. It, it got the release pushed pushback like tons of times. It was going to be R then it was PG-13. Then it was going to be R again. They were going to keep it at PG-13, but make it scarier was held back a ton of times, reshoots, and then as it was supposed to come out finally, the Harvey Weinstein thing broke. And this is a dimension film. His movie his name is scrubbed off of the movie though cuz they got it just in time. And the movie ended up just getting released on Google Play for free the day it came out along with theaters. So most people just ended up watching it um you know, kind of like how movies are now during this uh coronavirus time where they're kind of day and date released. This was released in 2017 that same way, theaters and VOD at the same time, but it was a product of kind of all these thousands of reshoots. So that could be the reason why characters that are set up pretty heavily in the beginning just kind of disappear at the end.
0: It's bad. I I, I just think this film's really bad, and not in the fun way. It's because of all this problem that was going on behind the scenes, and then the characters dropping off there's nothing to latch on for me in this film. Like even Bella Thorne can't save this. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee seems like at points where I'm like, they really want to set up this. Uh, sad story, you know, like we get it. You, you, you lost your child and now they're paralyzed and you're doing anything to bring them back, including taking them to a house that you're hoping that a devil enters them to bring them back to life. Even that, like at the end of the day, I'm like, this sucks for me personally. I thought this movie sucked. I did like the kid who was playing the brother who comes back to life. I think this actor is going to make something of himself. I mean, he's been a part of um, shameless on Showtime forever. Yep. He's good. He's good in his short time in this film too, like for five minutes. I just think this film feels like a Scream rehash and a retelling of Amityville in a way, but none of it's good. Yeah, see, we,
1: we disagree on this one. This one isn't one of my favorites in this series, but I do like it. I, I thought some of the ghost stuff was pretty creepy and like the times they sort of find ghostly, this son this character like popping up places. I thought it was actually kind of effective. So I what I liked about this was some of the ghost stuff, I did think Bellathorn was an engaging lead, and I liked the other kids that were in it, and I wish they would have been in it more. Uh, and I and I like, so I like some of the scares. I like her. They do a weird kind of incesty thing with Jennifer Jason Lee in one scene too, which is, is Amityville trope, I guess, because <laughs> uh, it keeps coming back. That and I found that to be kind of interesting. And I, but it was a dream. It was a dream. Yes. But it's the house, you know, it's the house playing the tricks on you. And I, I, yeah, I just thought some of this stuff worked. What slowed the movie down for me is the reliance on cut always coming back to the story of this kid in the coma and him coming out of it. I think that's what slows the movie down a lot for me. Because in one regard, it is this scream wannabe-esque kind of ghost movie. And then the other one, it's like a dark family drama. And the dark family drama stuff just didn't really work for me. And I think that is what slows it down. But I, I kind of like this movie because I thought some of the, the ghost stuff was kind of creepy. And I, I like our cast. So uh, it got me through. And, it, and also, it's an 87-minute movie, so it does move.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I give it. It's quick. Here's a story I have about it, is, uh In the middle of the night when I was watching this, Sarah being uh, seven, eight months pregnant, um, depending on when this movie comes out, or when her podcast comes out, she is... Eating cereal, as a pregnant woman does at night, apparently. At least this pregnant woman. She comes in. She watches like a good four or five minutes. You know what I mean? And she looks at me. She goes, is this supposed to be scary? And I just looked at her and I go, I don't know anymore. <laughs> the, the reason was, is like everything just felt like it should happen. You know what I mean? Like nothing felt surprising. Nothing was super interesting to me. I just watched it. I'm like, yeah, okay. It's just one of these and then move on. I'll never watch it again. You said it was fine, right? I I don't I don't get what you stick to. Do you know what I mean? Uh,
1: I just I think for me that it was the scares. I think so. I don't think this movie is I'm with Sarah on this. I don't think this movie is particularly scary, but there are some like boo scares and some monster pop ups and some ghost scenes that I think are kind of effective in the movie. Maybe it didn't freak me out or anything like that, but it's like, there's some cool stuff they're trying. There's some shadow play with like the ghosts and things like that. That's kind of fun. Um, And it pops up throughout. And I think these are probably products of this scarier reshoot that they did. And then also too, I like that it is, it's so dark in in a very Blumhouse way where almost nobody survives this one. And I thought that was kind of an interesting choice too. There's only a couple people that make it out of this one alive. As opposed to everybody getting out like
0: Well the mom the mom dies.
1: The mom dies, the sister dies, and the the uh, brother yeah. dies.
0: I forgot the sister from House, which I never watched, but I knew she was from that. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot she was in this. Like I just watched this. <laughs> yeah, I mean she doesn't have she's this she's the neighbor's sister. She
1: doesn't have like anything to do in the movie. <laughs> uh but I and I thought some of the stuff with Jennifer Jason Lee, like This, you know, being felt like she left behind by her religion and stuff like that. And then she's choosing to go to this house to hopefully summon some demons to wake up her son was a kind of interesting choice. Again, I think some of the stuff with the son slows the movie down, but I thought that was kind of cool.
0: I feel sorry the most for Kurt Woodsmith. He, he he's in this for like five minutes and I, it feels like 20 minutes of screen time was just ripped away from him for some reason. I don't know. I don't understand this. And I know you said it was reshoot hell, but yikes. He's kind of a replaced uh, priest character because he's the
1: one that deals with the flies in a vision as opposed to actually it being the flies like in the priest scene. But he's sort of taken that that place and the priest has been replaced by science, which is very modern I like the choice, but yeah, I agree with you there.
0: They don't really do anything with him, though, once he's in it. The only thing I liked about this is there was a seal around the house because Bella Thorne finds the, the red room that we've had, you know, from the first one, the remake, and now this one. And I like that someone had put a seal around the house. The one thing that really confused me is this movie felt like they really wanted to tie a religious Christ belief On this, something affecting it, because you had the mom saying, like, I prayed every day, your dad still died of cancer, and your brother, you know, never came back. But then I bring him to this house, and the the demon, the whatever inside of it, brings him back. Then, at one point, the kids are in the library talking about how there's been a bunch of families to live in this house since the DeFeo murders, and nothing happened to them. But then the kid's like, well, it's been 40 years and 40 years has a tie to the Bible. And then it is dropped. They drop a religious element from this film. And then they just go with like, oh, he's tied by this circle that we put around the house. Now, I like the witch new agey craft shit in this franchise much more than the religious. The religious is stale and boring. So why even bring it up? Probably just honestly an excuse because they're like,
1: it's kind of a loose reboot and it's like, how come no things happened here for 40 years? Like, it's just, it's sort of the way of explaining it away so that they could do like the reboot thing. I feel like, and yeah, they tie it, they find a way to tie it to the Bible or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, eh. just, they drop it. Eh. I, you know, I sort of, I, I really actually liked and wish they would have kind of gone deeper down the meta route where you know, they watched the movie in the house, they watched the first movie in the house and stuff like that. I wish they would have like gone through the series or gone through a few of the movies and sort of had like this knowledge of, okay, this maybe be, can be what I can do to defeat this house or whatever. But they just didn't fully embrace it. And yeah, then you have sort of these scattershot ideas like, well, here's a biblical thing. Here's a satanic thing. Here's a science thing. Here's a meta moment, you know it doesn't it doesn't commit either way i wish they would have dropped all that stuff and yeah just went the meta route cuz i think that that section of the movie is pretty fun
0: yeah, yeah we're just going to disagree i thought the whole thing was just blech. <laughs> it happens i'm glad that you enjoyed it and i i hope there's a few other people that enjoyed it but i from the ratings it doesn't look like many yeah i i put this i guess in the
1: upper tier top five of the 10 movies in the official series i would put this still maybe number five because it you know is a solid it's a competently made movie this is the director of p2 which is an underrated uh, slasher that i love with rachel nichols from the last movie in this series Um, and uh i i really i think that's a really cool little thriller he did the maniac remake with elijah wood And he did this. And I think he's an interesting filmmaker. uh, But yeah, I wish I got to kind of see him play a little bit more in this movie. You know, you just never know what you're going to get, right? And I think it is a competently made movie, though. No, it is. The fact that it has been through Reshoot Hell and it had been delayed five or six times. And the fact that it got dumped on Google Play of all places, which probably in 2017 wasn't even being used that much. Um, But yeah. I don't think this movie is going to gain any super fans or anything like that. But as opposed to like a part five or a part four in this series, it's a well-made movie. It looks good. I think people that like modern horror movies would be able to get through this one. Now, whether you like it or not, that's up to you.
0: No, it is competently made. Yeah, it's professional. And I think that's about as far as it goes. Uh, now, I did notice that the director also did Maniac in 2012. I like Maniac a lot better. I'm just excited
1: still to see what I feel like this filmmaker is still kind of new. I have P2 was a long time ago now, but I feel like he's still green a little bit. I'm still excited to see what he's going to do. This movie didn't dampen that for me. I'm excited to see him make more movies and I hope he gets to. All right, let's go on to our museum.
0: This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back. Now, this one's different because we're taking two films, but it's all part of the same Amityville wing. What do you got for Dollhouse?
1: Dollhouse has got to be the sex scene where she's looking at the picture of the sun. (laughs) It's one of the funniest scenes I've seen in like a 90s horror movie in a long time. I've seen this movie like a few times now since... uh, you know, talking about it for the podcast and stuff like that. And it cracks me up every time I watch it. I think that seems hysterical.
0: Yeah, it is. is. I mean, there's nothing in this film that's better than that. But I guess I'll put the melted girl who is burnt from the fireplace. You know what? No, I'm not going to put that. I'm just going to put my favorite. It's Tobias. Tobias is the best in this he's going in that part of the museum and i want him to just have like a little shop you know and he's going to show everyone his his new age magic So he's got to be surrounded by his laser lights too oh naturally naturally <laughs> gotta have like a laser light like uh just you have to walk through the lasers uh, now and that proves if you're if you're a demon it will kill you but right. if you're not a demon you're fine yep you'll make it you can go see tobias I oh, Love that film. That film was so much fun. Um, okay, so let's go on the Awakening. It's their part of the museum. Matt, I'll let you go first since you like this more. I'll put the the this is K and B again.
1: They they I think worked on the two thousand five one, and they definitely worked on this one. I like the design though of the uh, coma patient son. I think the uh, makeup is really good, and when they shift it from sort of like the sad, this kid is bed bound to kind of the horror. Uh, look of him I think it works really well so I really like, like the kind of the make ghost makeup slash coma makeup they do on this
0: kid and I think it looks really like real too he's intimidating I give him that so that's a good part of the film I'm going to highlight one of the I could highlight that this is a scream ripoff, and where did the characters go but here's one thing it's small it's weird so they say in this film that a bunch of other families have lived in this so let's say two families since the murders. Okay. Uh, yeah. Someone moved in, someone lived in the eighties and then into the nineties and the nineties and two thousands, the other family. So we get this new family coming in in the basement. It has a bunch of old shit from the original family, the original DeFeo family, including the high hope sign. So you're telling me all these people have lived in this home and we still have the high hope sign in there no the house wouldn't let it leave <laughs> stupid it's so stupid they like don't even listen to their story it should i understood the bricked up red room of course that's bricked up but you're telling me the sign's still on the very wall where the brick room is at get the fuck out of here <laughs> that's so stupid there's i i ugh. It irritates me because it's almost like, oh, we gotta have something for the real fans of this franchise. Uh, you know what? There's not enough of them, okay? Most people hate this franchise. Just let it go. Just make your own film. Ugh. This one,
1: it does feel like, too, like with the Red Room, the High Hope sign, the Kill Em All thing, the Get Out, like the kid is saying that in his uh, voice thing. It does feel also like, They watched the 2005 one like right before this, and it does seem to have some kind of leftover vibes from that one as well. So it feels kind of like this connective tissue to the first, the original 70s one Mm -hmm. and this 2005 one. It's like, "Hmm, make up your mind. Which one are you following?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why I got on my skin so much. It's just because it's so like. Hey, everybody, remember that from the first film? Remember, High Hopes? Uh, no, I don't care. No one cares. Whoa. What a logic jump. <laughs> yes. God. Okay, that'll end it this week. Uh, next week, we finish off the amniville franchise and we'll have a special guest. It'll be fun. Almost as much fun as watching Dollhouse. Actually, no, the guest was a lot more fun than Dollhouse. But Dollhouse is a close second. Yeah,
1: I mean, if if we're going to recommend one of the two that we just talked about, it's got to be that one. Uh, Dollhouse, it's the sequel you need. Like, it really, you could just do the first one, the remake, and that one. And, like, it's, it's the one that I think we'll both get behind, and I think the one our listeners would like the most. So if you're going to check out one of these two movies or one of these, you know, eight sequels, I think Dollhouse
0: is your way to go. I agree. I loved it. I just love that film. It's so stupid. I love it. <laughs> I just want to hug it. Uh, you yeah. tried so hard. So the director of that we didn't mention. I don't think we did. The director of that is the producer of the three other Curse Object movies: uh, four, uh, the Evil Escapes, uh, six. It's about time and seven, the Next Generation. <sighs> he finally got to direct his his baby. And he threw it all, it's the only
1: movies he's directed, and he threw it all out there uh, for it. And thank God he did. And it's funny, He was his next one that he was going to do for the series, they had just got the rights to do a remake. It would have been really fun to see if he would have done the remake, but the Weinsteins came and scooped the property out from under them. But the next one he would have made probably a few years before the Ryan Reynolds one ended up coming to fruition would have been a remake. Uh, and I would have liked to have seen what he would have done with it. He, he wouldn't
0: have got Ryan Reynolds, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it would have been a direct to video movie. And I think it would have been really weird. <laughs> <laughs> probably would. have Yeah, it definitely would have been weird. Until next week, remember to be kind. And rewind...